0: Amen. Aren't you glad that God does a work in us and changes us and makes us what we need to be? As we follow uh, the disciples from uh, resurrection to Pentecost, God is seeking to, uh, to do a wonderful work in their life. He's seeking to change them, to bring them from where they are to where they need to be. And as we walk this walk with them, uh, you should see yourself. Because he seeks to do the same thing in us. He doesn't want us to stay where we are. He's always moving us where we need to be. So let's all stand in honor of God's word. We're going to begin reading in Matthew 28. This is the Great Commission. This is the last thing that Jesus says before he goes into, uh, to be taken up into heaven. Let's just go straight to the scripture, beginning with verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you uh, give us a mission. That we have purpose in this life. We're not here just to go through life and to live and die and, and not accomplish anything. We have purpose. And Father, as long as we are here, we have purpose. And so today, Father, I pray help us as we honor our mothers. I pray today that you would help them understand a little, maybe a little better what their purpose is, and each one of us what our purpose is. And we ask today that you would move and have your way among us. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Three things I want you to kind of remember today, who said it, what did they say, how can what they say happen? And as we start in this this morning, as we head into these uh, few verses here, the first thing we want to understand is who said this. And Jesus is talking here, it's got red letters here, and, and Jesus says at the very beginning of it, he said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. So if Jesus is speaking, and he says that all authority is mine, I want you to understand this morning that this is for everybody, and Jesus is the final authority. In our life, we come under different people's authority. Each one of us has someone that we answer to for something. Even if you're self-employed, you answer to your uh, customers. If you work for someone, you answer to your boss. If you are married, you answer to somebody. And so there's always authority there somewhere. But Jesus says, I am the authority. And in our lives, we we come under different authorities. And we say, I'm going to do this because so-and-so said so. I'm going to show up here at this time for this event Because so and so asked me. And and at times we will give authority to people that might not be the authority. Sometimes we decide to do things just because we want to. And and we don't come under God's authority. We just decide we're going to do it. And Jesus says here, he says, I am the authority. And Jesus has called us as his disciples, as his followers, that our life is to come under his authority. And when he's giving this speech here to them, he says, I am the authority and this is your mission. And in these days before Pentecost, he's trying to get his disciples to this place, to where they can receive, to where they are in a place where they are completely sold out to him, where they are completely in love with him, and so that they can receive this gift of the Holy Spirit. And it seems like it would be easy. It's easy to say the words that need to be done. It's easy to say that if you want this, if you want to live this life that God has called you to live, it's really easy for a pastor to say up here and say you have to love God more than anything. It's easy to say that, but when it comes to it, it's hard. It's hard for us to place our lives under someone else's authority. It's hard for us to place our lives under God's authority. It's easy for a pastor to say, or it's easy for a Sunday school teacher to say, or a youth pastor to say, give God complete control of your life. Those are easy words to speak. They are easy words to speak. They are hard words to live out. They're hard words to live out when the life that God has given you is maybe not what you want. We talked a few weeks ago about the, the two guys on, Emma, on the road to Emmaus, and they said, we had hoped that it would be like this, but that is not what I'm seeing. And we've talked about that, and, and, and Jesus' disciples were all there. We had hoped that this is what was going to happen, but it's not what happened. I kind of had this in my mind. This is what I thought things were going to be. But it isn't turning out that way. But when we follow God, we say, you have complete control. I hoped it would go like this, but it's not. But you have complete control. And I will place my life under your authority. And I will trust you. Easy words to say. Hard to live. Hard to live. Give God everything. Easy to say. But it's hard to do. And Jesus knows that. He knows that. He doesn't come to his disciples and say, what is wrong with you? Why can't you do this? He takes them along through this as they go through this process of getting there. But he is so gracious and so good. And what we see him doing here with his disciples, he wants to do also with us. And he said, it's not easy to do, but I want to take you through it. And he wants to get us to this place to where our desires, our dreams, our agenda, agenda for myself, my agenda for my family is gone. I don't have an agenda anymore. I am under his authority. And I just want what he wants. No matter what it is, no matter what day of the week it is, no matter when it is, that I am under his authority. And and God wants to get us to this place to be under his authority so that we can accomplish his mission. So we have the who said it, Jesus said it, he is the authority, and he says, I'm the final authority. So no matter what he says, he calls us to come under that. Now you may think you might have authority over God, but you do not. It's just, am I going to come under his authority? So Jesus says it, he says, I'm the authority, this is your mission. This is what he said. And here in these few verses, God gives the mission to his disciples. And it was a mission to them then, and it is a mission to us today. And this is obviously Mother's Day. And mothers, I want you to know that you have a mission. And I don't know if you've ever gone along with uh, a normal day. I don't know if moms ever have a I don't know if anybody has a normal day. It's just, you just have days. And you've got done, and, and you've worked, and you've had all the dealings with your kids. Have you ever got to the end of a day and thought, what in the world am I doing? What have I got myself into? I've told this story I don't know how many times, but it's just one of my favorite stories. I remember the day we brought Landon home. He was squalling his head off. Cindy laid him in the baby changing table and broke down. And she said, I can't do this. And I was like, changing him or just like the whole thing? I mean, I was just like, because it's too late now. We've got him. And, and, and I mean, have you ever, I mean, if, you've, if you're a mother or a parent, you're like, what am I doing? And sometimes in the midst of it, it's like, what is my mission? What is my purpose here? Because sometimes it's hard to see it. And that's in anybody's life. In anybody's life, at the end of the day, sometimes it's like, do I, do I have a purpose? And uh, it, it, every now and then, you need to say to yourself, "What is the mission? What is the purpose? Why am I? Why am I the mother of these kids?" And uh, and, and you and you have to have purpose, or you're just going to be, are you just going to be going through life and nothing happen? And the world tells us that we don't have to have purpose. The world tells us, you know, here's the deal: you got to get them kids as soon as they get home. You got to get them out of diapers. That is the next goal. You know, you feed them and you change them and you get them out of diapers, and that's that was a goal. That was my goal. I can remember when we when we started first having kids, and and I don't know what the deal was, but we just had one right after another, and they was all in diapers till they were ten years old or something. Yeah, it wasn't that bad, but it seemed like it. We had a kid in 88, 89, 90, skipped 91 and had one in 92. And there was diapers everywhere, always. And then my goal was get these kids out of diapers. But then after you get them out of diapers, you're like, then what's, if I can get them out of diapers, then I can get them in school. And, if we could just, and how many times have you heard this? If, we can, if I can just get my kids in school, then we're going to kind of have a break. If I could just get them in school. And then if I could just get them in all these activities, if I could just get them in school and if I get them to all the activities they need to go to, and then if I could just get them graduated. And if I can get them graduated, then they'll get a job and then I'll be, I'll be done. And what happens is we just go through this and we got the wrong goals. If I can get them out of diapers, if I can get them to school, if I can get them graduated from school, if I can get them out of the house, then I will have accomplished. That is not your mission. That is not the mission. I want you to know this morning that the mission is not to get your kids out of the house. Jesus says what the mission is. Your mission is, parents and mothers, your mission is to make Christ-like disciples. That's your mission. Whether they wear diapers till they're 21 or not, they need to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. They don't need to wear diapers till they're 21. But they need to be a a disciple of Jesus Christ. We need to make followers of Christ. And our mission is not to make money and to raise kids, our mission is to make disciples. And the first disciples that you are to make are the ones in your home. That's your first disciples. I think lots of times people think, I want to win the world. I want to win the world, but I want to win my core nucleus first. That's your first goal is to win those that, are, that, are, that God has trusted within you. And you will never accomplish anything apart from God. And so God... condenses what life is about into these few words. So moms and dads, kids, young people, old people, anyone. The mission is, your mission, your purpose is to make disciples, make followers of Jesus Christ. This is God's mission for those who follow him. And we, want, we have all kinds of other things that we want to do. We want to make money. We want to make a name for ourselves. We want to make a reputation. We want to make ourselves known. And that's kind of the thing right now. If I could just be known. The ability to be known is so much easier than it used to be. And people want to make themselves famous. Jesus says your mission is to make disciples. And I want you to know, mothers, you are a vital, vital part of that. I don't know if you're the most vital part. But there could be an argument that you are. And I would—I I don't know if I would disagree. It's close in there. Because see, I'm going to tell you, I think fathers are vital too. I think you're both vital. I don't know if one's more than the other. But I'm telling you, you're both vital. And in the church today, we talk about evangelism, we talk about winning the lost, and I'm all about that. And we're doing things to try to help that. But I want you to listen to me this morning. And not just in the church of the Nazarene, but in the evangelical church in the United States, we are winning some people, but we aren't even keeping our kids in church. We are winning some people on the outside, but as a whole, the church, and this is Baptist Assemblies of God, Nazarene, all evangelical churches as a whole, we're not even winning our kids. Our kids are graduating and walking out the door and going to college and never coming back. And that is a crying shame. And so this morning, I want to challenge you as mothers and fathers to really get within your mind, what is the mission what is the mission? It's not to get them graduated and out of the house. It's to get them into the kingdom of God. And you want them to graduate and get out of your house and be a vital part of a church somewhere, making followers for Jesus Christ as well. And so this is what God has called us to. And we've had a hard time keeping our own kids in within our our, our uh uh within the churches and our mission is eternal and ladies, mothers you are vital to this mission when God created man he created man and the word says that he created them male and female he created them and then uh, he creates woman, he, he takes woman out of the man, and she gets part of God's attributes, and the man gets part of God's attributes, and the man gets the part where he's the provider-protector guy. That's, that's kind of his deal. That's the thing he does the most. He He wants to provide. If you talk to any man say what do you what is what do you bring to the family? they said, I am the provider i love to I love to go out and get he 's the hunter gatherer guy he likes to do that, and if somebody messes with your family what are you going to do i 'm going to pound him okay that 's what he brings okay What does the woman bring? She is the organizer she is the nurturer she is the one that remi- that 's that's the part of God too. She has the communication part the guy is just ugh you know, like, oh, oh. and she's the one that talks, you know. I always say, when I get off the phone, my wife goes, who's you talking to? And I only talk to one person, that's usually Cale Ivy. and sometimes he'll talk, he talks a lot. He'll talk for half an hour, and she'll go, what did Cale say? I said, nothing. <laughs> I get off the phone. But she gets on the phone with the kids. I said, "What did the kids say?" Oh well, they went there and there, and this is what they went and they was and this is the dresses they wore and this is what they had on and this is what they did. And Lacey was doing this and that and and Lacey was blah blah. And, you know, she's a communicator. That's who she does. And I'm sitting there going, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. And she goes, "What would I say?" I don't know. <laughs> That's not my part. <laughs> That's your part, okay? God's called us together, and I'm telling you what I was sitting there yesterday, and we had our two grandkids there. My wife knows what to do with the kids. She knows how to make them happy. She knows the things they need to do. When she came in and she said, she said, I got the kids kites. I was like, why? She goes, because it was windy and I thought they'd have fun playing with them. I was like, well, why didn't I think of that? Because I don't care. All right? So we, but she, she, that's her part. She's the nurturer. She, I, I feel sorry. If my kids did not have my wife, I feel sorry for them. Their life would be miserable. But she thinks of all these fun, and that's just what she does. That's what she does. We got these stupid kites. Got them all together. I'm just telling a story because I'm a grandfather now. I can make fun stories. Jason had this kite, and just a little puff of air, it just goes up in the air, and he's just holding on to it. And he he don't know how to fly a kite, but that kite's flying itself, and he's just jerking on it, and it just stays up in the air. She gets this other kite that's that's whatever Kendra's name, and Kendra's, that thing wouldn't fly. She'd get up in the air, and he'd just, she'd get it up, and he'd fly for a little while, And Jason would be over there, I don't know why your kite won't fly. You should have got a kite like mine. And I'm just like, be quiet. Kendra, my kite, you should have got a turtle kite. My turtle kite's better. And I'm just like, be quiet. Kendra's like, can we go to Walmart and get another kite? You should have got a kite like mine. You know, I'm like be quiet. So anyway, but that's, I mean, Cindy remembers that stuff. That's her part. And ladies, that's your part. God made you that way. You are vital to winning your kids and making followers of them. You are vital to that. What you do in the workplace when you go to work, and I'm not saying don't go to work, but I'm telling you what, when you go to work, they can put a number what you're worth. And they can write it on a check and they can say, this is what you're worth to me. I want you to know that there is not a number of your worth in your home. There is no way to know what you are worth in the life of your kids. There is no way to put a number on that and say, okay, this is what it's worth. Because your worth in your home to your kids, you can't put a number on it. You are immensely valuable What happens in your home is the most important thing that will ever happen in that kid's life. I guarantee it. Because that's where they learn to see who God is. When you and your husband are there, they see together the image of God. They know what God is supposed to look like. And the things that you teach in your home are valuable beyond measure. That's what God says your mission is. And I want you to be careful this morning to make sure, and I'm speaking to moms and dads, make sure that you're putting the mission first. Make sure that you're not letting things come in and get in front of your mission. Because God says you're supposed to make followers. And what you do in your home is awesome and it has great, great value. And he says you're supposed to make disciples, you're supposed to baptize and teach When the Word talks about baptism, it's talking about a complete transformation. Your goal in your life is for each one of your kids to come to a point at some time in their life where they have a transformational moment with God where they have an encounter with God. The the encounter guys talk about times where God comes, and and they talk about those times where where God comes and they encounter God. And and many of those men, and and when I've heard them talk about it, they say they've never had that before in their life. I want you to know they should have when they were kids. And I'm not saying it's their fault. I'm saying many of them never had a a stable home or they didn't have a time when they were in church or they didn't have parents that were pouring into their life. And all of a sudden, they have this transformational moment. And they're saying, where has this been? I'm going to tell you, parents. God seeks for transformation to happen in young children's lives. So much so... That when they walk out of here after graduation, that it is a seamless transition into life and they don't have to decide who do I know, who is God and things like that. They already know who he is. God wants to do that. I think we have a hard time believing that. I think we have a hard time believing because we see the the culture around us and we see kids around us and we're like, how can God do that? I'm going to tell you, God still does it and he wants to do it. And he wants to do it in your family. And he wants to do it in my family. He wants to do it in my kid's life and your kid's life. And my grandkid's life and your grandkid's life. And it never stops. You're never done. Never. You're never done with your kids. You're never done helping them along following Christ. You're never done speaking into your grandkid's lives. You're never done. And don't ever feel like, well, you know... I'm old, and they don't want to listen to what i got to say. Still speak it. Still speak it. Still speak it. And God has called us to that. So you say, the authority said it. This is what he said needs to happen. So how can that happen? How can that happen in my life? How can we have power to accomplish this mission? I want you to know that the power to accomplish the mission will not be you saying, I'm just going to try harder. I'm going to get up. I'm going to get all my kids to church. I'm going to get them there Sunday morning. I'm going to get them Sunday night. I'm going to get them Wednesday night. We're just going to try harder. And I'm going to pray and I'm going to read my Bible. And it's gonna, I'm going to just work harder. And we're gonna, If we work harder, we can, we can get this done. Those are all good things. But the power to transform your child's life is the Holy Spirit in you and working through you into their lives. The Holy Spirit has to do this. And Jesus knows this. And he speaks that into the lives of his disciples. And he said, I'm going to be with you. I'm not just booting you out and saying, go make disciples and I'll see you in heaven. He's saying, go make disciples and I'll be with you the whole time. I'm going to be working in among you and I'm going to be, be drawing people to you and he says that I want you to accomplish this mission and the Holy Spirit in you is what will accomplish this the Holy Spirit will push you to speak to your kids with passion about who God is parents you ought to have some passion about who God is do you ever speak with God I mean speak about God with passion To your children, like it's the most important thing in the world because it is? Do you have the same passion for God that you have for other activities in your life? Or do you push them more on those activities and have more passion? Whatever is your passion, your kids will follow. They know what your passion is. And your passion needs to be Christ first. Christ first. First. That doesn't mean we can't have other things that we have passion about. But it's Christ first. And they need to see that. They need to see your zeal for Christ. They need to, to ha- ha- see you have love for them for, and love for Christ with zeal. They need to see grace in your life. This, this is... Uh, I probably haven't had as much grace as i should have and the holy spirit is working on me on the on the grace but the holy spirit will give you grace and there are going to be times when you need to come to your kids and have grace and there's going to need to be times when you come and ask them to have grace if you if you raise kids long enough there's going to be time you're going to do something wrong and maybe maybe you won't but i did and your kids need to see you come to them and say, okay, here's the deal. In this situation, I was wrong. I can't take it back. I can't fix it. I can't take back the words that I said. But I want you to know that Mommy or Daddy was wrong on this. And I'm sorry. I gave, I gave Lane a whooping one time. And after it was done... Because uh, me and Cindy would never, we would never go against the other one in front of the kids. We never would do that. And when we got done, Cindy goes, "You didn't know the whole story on this deal." And I got back and I, I remember going to Landon's room and I said, "Look, Landon, I just gave you a whooping and I didn't know the whole story." And I said, "I can't take that whooping back." And he said, "Well, I'll give you one." And I said, "No, you won't." <laughs> But I told him, I said, I can't take it back. But I said, I can tell you I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And more than once, and Lindsay will tell you, more than once I've had to go to him and say, hey, your dad was wrong. And thousands of times I've had to go to him in private and say, your mother was wrong. Uh, We wouldn't do that. But I said, hey, look, your dad was wrong. Your dad was wrong on this. Because our mission, above all things... Our mission was—I'm I'm just be honest with you—we wanted our kids to follow Christ. Now, I wanted them to be good in school, and I wanted them to be good in sports, but I wanted them to follow Christ first, and that was the main thing that we did. And Jesus says, through the power of the Holy Spirit, that that is possible. And I'm afraid today, sometimes parents, and I just want to challenge you. I think sometimes we look at the world and say, well, I believe that my kids will be Christian, but it'll probably be on down the road and they're going to have times when they fall and things like that and they probably won't make it through high school. I'm going to tell you, that's not what the word teaches. It is possible for your kids to have a transformation at a young age and follow Christ all the days of their life. It's possible. And you need to believe it and you need to come to the Holy Spirit and say, Oh God, do that through me. Guide me, control me. And have God do those things in you. You can accomplish your mission. But your first mission of making disciples, you need to do that to other people. You need to make followers of Christ around you in your workplace and things like that. But the first place you need to do it is in your home. And then in the world. You were made for this mission, God designed you for this mission, especially you moms. You were designed, that he says before, the foundation of the world. I knit you together in your mother's womb. You moms, God knitted you and made you exactly the way you are, to be the mother of your children. Do you know that your children could have been anybody else's? That doesn't sound quite right. But he put your children in your home for you to be their mother. That means if you're their mother, that he says you are the best person for those kids' lives. Now that doesn't mean that you will be that But he's saying you should be. He's created you to be. But you have to say, I am with your mission. I'm going to allow your Holy Spirit to work through me so that I can make followers of Christ not only in the world, but first off in my home. First off in my home. I want us to stand this morning. I want to pray over you this morning before I let you go. And I want to pray a special prayer for you moms. You got, a, you got a rough road. I understand. But I want you to know this morning that God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, can empower you to do the things he has called you to do. And there's going to be some days that you're going to, I, I mean, we've had days in our home where we're just like, I, I don't know what to do. And I'm telling you, as real as I'm standing here, in those moments, God came, gave us words to say, gave us thoughts and ideas about how we could move certain, our kids, a certain, because they're all different. You try one thing on one of them, they'll be go, oh, that ain't going to work. And you try it on the other one, they're like, yeah, whatever. you know. Some of my kids I could just look at and they just melt. And some of them were just hardheads. And you had to find something else. I'm not going to mention any names, Lindsay. But what worked on Landon did not work on Lindsay. But you know what? God gave us what we needed to help push her into the young woman of God that she is. I'm not going to take any credit for that. But I'm telling you, God helped us. And he'll help you. Don't look at your kids and say, it can't be done. Because I'm going to tell you this morning, it can be. And God can. Father we love you so much. Father we thank you that you created man and we thank you that you created woman. And father you gave them special attributes to be and to do the things that only you can they could do. They have gifts that men don't have. They have abilities that we don't have. And father you have call them and placed them for a special purpose within the home and father i pray that today that our ladies would understand their value i pray that they would understand that they have immense value in the kingdom and that you have entrusted them with certain things and father i pray that you would show our ladies that that you would empower them to accomplish the mission that you have for them through the power of the holy spirit And I pray that each one of our families would be sold out completely towards your mission and that our mission would start off first in our home. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pray and then we're going to say the prayer of Jabez.